Good morning. So we are starting a whole new series. Uh, a little business from last week. If you're part of the family, the church family here, this is your church. This is where you go. Um, we are wanting to get all of our pledges and gifts in for the missions goal. Um, these are back on the back giving table. Please, if you can get this in today, that would be really helpful because we're going to give the uh, where we are next Sunday. We'll announce our goal was 225000 We will announce where we are. And so get yours in and, and make that part of it. So we're starting a series today on the Psalms. Five weeks, each week is one word. Today is delight. The other four words are rest, thirst, mercy, and thanksgiving. The Psalms, uh, 73 of them are written by David. There's lots of them that are anonymous. Some of them are written by David's worship leaders, Asaph and Heman. Uh, some, there's one by Moses. There are some that are written after the exile in Babylon. So th- these are, were written over hundreds of years and collated and brought together. They started out as prayers and poems, and David uh, had them put to music. He had his music leaders put them to music, and psalms means songs. And so uh, David was called the man after God's own Heart, And if you want to learn how to get your heart flowing with God, um, get into the Psalms, read the Psalms, study the Psalms. So that's where we're going. Um, Would you stand with me in honor of God's word as we get into today? Delight. Psalm 37, verse 4. Take delight in the Lord... And he will give you the desires of your heart. Let me give you the new American standard. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Let's pray. Lord, in Jesus' name. I believe you have a word for every single person here. It is such a beautiful, gracious invitation today. To find our delight in you. Help us, God. Speak to each one. Lord, I'm especially speaking to that one that feels like uh, I'm not really good at spiritual things. I don't, I'm good at this, I'm good at that, but spiritual things, I come along because my wife wants me to, or I come along because whatever, but this isn't really my strong suit. Lord, I pray that you would make this so doable today that everybody would feel like, I I can do this. Lord, would you help us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So to delight means to be greatly pleased in something. To be greatly pleased please to make God not just something that is pleasing to you but that is greatly 
pleasing to you. What does it mean to delight yourself in the Lord? I'm going to just give you a very simple definition from a man of God from England from a couple hundred years ago named George Mueller. Here's what he said. He wrote this in his journal. He said, I consider the first duty of every day is to get my soul happy in God. The first duty of every day is to get my soul happy in God. Delighting yourself in the Lord. First, just to kind of get you motivated, I want to give you two benefits of delighting yourself in the Lord. Here's the first one. This is from, this was just right off the internet from Richard Baxter. And under this one, there are seven benefits. So <laughs> the, first, the first one has seven. I'm just going to read the list. Here's what he says. Benefits of looking by faith to the Lord as to no other for our deepest delight. Number one, delight in God will prove that we know him and love him and that we are prepared for his kingdom. For all who delight in him shall enjoy him. Number two, prosperity. That is, the small addition of earthly things will not easily corrupt us or transport us. Number three, adversity. That is, the withholding of earthly delights will not excessively grieve us or easily deject us. Number four, all of our service will be sweet to ourselves and acceptable to God if we delight in him. He certainly delights in us. Number five, we will have a continual feast within to sweeten all the crosses of our lives and to provide us with joy greater than our sorrow in our saddest condition. Number six, when we delight in God, our created pleasures will be sanctified to us and warranted in their proper place, which in other people become idolatrous and corrupt. Number seven, when we delight in God, there is nothing we need to filter out, brace ourselves against, or worry about. He is our true and whole happiness. I love that list. <laughs> All right, number two. I mean, it's great. I'm, I'm the only one that likes that list, but that's fine. Um, here, here's my second one. Delighting in God prepares us for his destiny for us on earth. Listen to these words. Delight yourself in the Lord, and here's the promise, and he will give you the desires of your heart. The desires of our heart, when we delight ourselves in God, our desires become cleansed. They become refined so that all that is left are the very desires that God wants for us, the very purposes that he has for us, the very things he has planted in us. How many know the human heart is deceitful? The human heart's got a lot going on inside of it. There's lots of desires. There's lots of interests. There's lots of distractions. When you delight yourself in God, there is a cleansing of our hearts and God's desires for us, the very things he's put in us for our destiny, for who we are, for the highest fulfillment of who we are, come to the surface and our desires actually become trustworthy. Delighting ourselves in God is the proper habitat 
for the human heart. Now here's the New Testament scripture that goes with it. John chapter 15, verse 7. Jesus said these words. If you abide or continue in me, and my words remain in you, you will ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, there will be such a cleansing and refining of your hearts that you will just ask whatever you want and it will be given you. Your very desires will become reliable. This is true freedom. True freedom is not just the power to do the right thing. The true freedom is wanting to do the right thing. That God's at work within us, not just to do his good pleasure, but to will and to do of his good pleasure. God's presence, God's refining. Now notice what Jesus said. If you abide in me and my word abides in you. We need to recognize in delighting in God that we don't get to like make up a God that we delight in. We have to go by who God has revealed himself to be. We've got to go by what he, his word is. Jesus, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 11, there's more than one Jesus in the world. You can make Jesus to be whatever you want him to be. Well, my Jesus is like this. My Jesus is like that. Okay, that's great. But is your Jesus the Jesus that's in Scripture? <laughs> we, we have to have, we have to, we don't remake God or you're going to end up with something false and something idolatrous. We take God at his word. David, David talks about delighting in the Lord. When he says that, he's talking about the God that is revealed by Scripture. Listen to Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the way of the scoffer or sit in the seat of the mocker. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. You could never meditate on something that you didn't delight in. If you don't delight in something, then you just, it's in a compartment. I'll do it for a while, I'll get my duty done, and then I'll get back to what I really want to be about. There is a delight in God as he has revealed himself. Psalm 119, is, it's, the longest, it's the longest chapter in the Bible. It's 176 verses. And 176 times David in Psalm 119 praises God's word. He calls it his word, his testimonies, his truth, his instruction. He calls it something different in every verse. But 119 praises. When we talk about delighting ourselves in God, we're talking about in the God that Scripture has revealed. Not a God we make up, not something who we wish God was, who he actually has revealed himself to be. All right. Delighting in God. How do we delight in God? First, I'm going to give you four words today. These are like four rungs to climb with. Every single person here can do these four things. I want you to notice how gracious the promise is and how freeing it is. Delight yourself 
in the Lord. You don't have to find the perfect church or the perfect preacher or the perfect music CD that will make you delighted. I need to find somebody that will delight me in God. You don't have to do that. And you know what else it doesn't say? It doesn't say help or make other people delight in God. How many know that that one's really hard? Have you ever tried to get somebody else excited about God? Yeah, it doesn't really work. That's God's, that's God's work in them. You can kind of put some words out and some fuel, but, but if, if, you're, if you're only going to find delight when you make somebody else delight in God, you're, gonna be, you're not going to be a very happy person, frankly. You're, see, we're not victims here. You can do this. You can delight yourself in the Lord. This is doable for you. You may not be good at it right now, but you can get better at it. I, I want to get better at it. I want to practice getting better at it. So I'm going to give you four words. There are four rungs to the ladder to climb this mountain called delighting yourself in God. Are you ready? Number one, behold. Psalm 27, four, one thing I have asked from the Lord, that shall I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord. This is from John Piper. We love to admire sports figures and music figures and acting figures and admire beauty and admire sunsets and sunrises and mountains and rivers. We are admiring creatures to the core. And I think we are wired to be satisfied by admiring the most admirable. And the most admirable is God. Therefore, delight yourself in the Lord means delight yourself in seeing his infinite admirableness. Listen to David in Psalm 36, 5 through 7. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like the ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. He is the beauty Behind every beauty, he is the pleasure behind every pleasure. Don't get stuck on human things. Look beyond them to the one that created them. We, we were on vacation this week, Alice and I, down in Branson, Missouri, and it was 80 degrees every day, sun shining. We were on a resort that, I don't know how they did this, but they just planted flowers everywhere. It was absolutely beautiful and nothing it was it's the one vacation year it's just us there's no schedule there's no nothing sleep in and go to hot tubs swim in the pool play mini golf for free they've got this mini golf oh, we had a raging competition in mini golf um, but guys I just see it's not enough to walk outside. You've got to open your eyes. We get so busy and so distracted and go through our list and to just, I just sit in that hot tub and I just look at butterflies. Who is this God? Who is this God? 
The beauty around us is crying out. There's very few lights, so at night you could see the stars. Who is the God behind these stars? His beauty is everywhere around us. If we would just take time, if we would just take time that when we're eating this meal that we enjoy to recognize, oh my, God gave me those taste buds. Oh my, God, if this, if I'm experiencing pleasure in this food, who is the God whose pleasures forevermore are at his right hand? Every pleasure you experience down here is a picture of a greater pleasure and it, it sanctifies the things down here that we make idols and try to, to get God is the author of all beauty and all pleasure to behold the beauty of the Lord. Here's the problem, of course. It's why you have to work at this. Does anybody notice our world is also very ugly? Turn on the news, ugly, ugly, ugly. Everything that's ugly in this world has its root in man's sin, or the curse that became because of man's sin. That, that's not going to be taken away until Jesus comes back. When Jesus comes back, he's going to remove the curse that is on creation. He, there, there's going to be a, the kingdom will be fully here. Right now, it's not fully here. And so we're, we're in between. We're, it's here, but it's not fully here. And so we have to behold the beauty of the Lord. We have to choose. We, we do not deny the reality of the ugly things that are in this world, the ugly choices that our people, people are making, the hatred, the addiction, the sexual abuse. We don't deny that all of that's happening. But we, we need to be very, very careful to not dwell there, but to behold God's beauty, to find God's beauty, to live in that place where we become hope to the hopeless, where we reflect God's beauty to those that are caught in the ugliness and the darkness of sin and this, the curse of sin. Behold, behold, decided every day, I'm going to behold the beauty of the Lord. Why don't, maybe, I don't know, what about turning off the news? Or at least give the word of God equal time to the news. If you're going to do the news, do, do the word of God first. I, I read the paper almost every day to try to keep, that's the only place I get news. Um, whatever. Uh, point is this. Don't just see the news. Don't just see the ugliness of this world. Please, go higher. Take this rung holding, beholding the beauty of the Lord. Number two, remember. Behold and then remember. Listen to Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your new youth is renewed like the ego. Do you, do you see what David's doing here? He is 
delighting himself in the Lord. He's speaking to his soul. Soul, start blessing God. Our souls forget quickly. We're very ungrateful on our own. We got to remind ourselves, bless the Lord. Remember, he forgives all your iniquities. Just spend some time, camp there. Wow, my sins are forgiven. Jesus died for my sins. He has forgiven me of all of my sins. God, thank you so much. He heals all your diseases. If, if, if you're sick or you're in pain or you're afflicted in some way, read the Gospels. You've got a healer. Jesus is a healer. Five times it says in, in the Gospels that he healed everyone that came to him. Healing is in the kingdom of God. Jesus is the healer, therefore I am the healed. Maybe I'm not fully experiencing it right now. Maybe I've got this diagnosis or that diagnosis, but that's not my identity. I am healed in Jesus. He is my healer, and whatever this is, whatever season this is that I'm going through, I, my healer is alive. And maybe my healing won't fully come until heaven, but I'm, I'm going to be totally healed. He heals all my disease. He created me to be healed, not to be sick. Remember. Remember. Psalm 105, verse 5. Remember his wonders and all of his works. Psalm 107 or 106, 7. Uh, they did not remember his wonders and his many kindnesses to them and therefore they rebelled against him in the wilderness not remembering forgetting leads to bad things in us we need to stir ourselves up to remember he redeems my life in the pit what is the pit oh we all know what the pit is the pits discouragement depression when i was down god is my redeemer. He comes after me. He brings me up. He lifts up my head in the darkest time. He is the one that chases me down as the prophetic word was today. He chases me down no matter how low I am. And he's, his purpose is to bring me out of that thing. And he renews my youth like the eagles. He go, you know, you can, you can bend and bruise a wing. You can break a wing of an eagle. But it doesn't matter over the long time because they molt. They get new feathers. They get new feathers. They're going to fly again. They're going to fly again, just like they were young again. Guys, you and I were made to fly. And you can ground us a number of ways. You can ground us with fear and with sin and with burdens. But folks, he's going, we molt. He, he's, he's fixing us. Just being in his presence heals us. He, 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 he binds up that which is broken. Uh, it says a, a, a bent reed he will not break. He comes and he strengthens us so that we can fly again. David said, he delivers me from all of my fears. In, in thir Psalm 34, 6, this poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. Remember. Remember. A lot of times if you're in trouble now, 
the most helpful thing to do is remember the last time you were in trouble, how you got out of it with the grace of God. Remember. Drink. Behold, remember, drink. Psalm 36, seven and eight. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights. The invitation of the gospel is not a mental gymnastics thing of things that you're just supposed to believe. It's about experience. Taste and see. There is a table that God is, is abundant. That it, it, Yeah, it's all under his wings. You've got to come close. But in the place of intimacy, there is a feast by which we taste of God. We taste of the goodness of God. We know by experience God is good. And, we, and then he says this, drink from the river of his delights. The Holy Spirit was given so that we might drink him. First Corinthians 12 says this, we were all made to drink of the one spirit. Jesus says this, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink and rivers will start flowing. This he spoke of the Holy Spirit. Drinking of the river of God. I get very concerned about Christians when they come to church and don't drink. It's funny, one of the things that keeps us from drinking is religion. <laughs> Where we just go through the motions and this is what we do and this is our duty and da 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 da. Don't, don't, don't let it happen. God, I need, to, I need to meet with you. I need to drink of you. I need to experience you. I need to encounter you. I wish you guys could, sometimes I just wish that everybody could travel with me and see some of the things that I see. Let me just tell you one little thing that happened a couple weeks ago in my office. Lady called. I know her, but she's not from this church. She's a pastor's wife. Her husband died a few years ago, and it's been very difficult, and she wanted to come in and see me. She was bringing a friend with her, a friend that goes to this church, and, and so they came in together, and I had no idea what it was about, and she really didn't go into all of the trauma of the last few years. She just said that she got a diagnosis that she was afraid of about heal, uh, something that was wrong physically, and would I, would I pray for her? And I'm like, I, absolutely. Well, this woman, she, when she... When she does business with God, she's doing business with God. This is not, this is not her doing her religious thing or uh, uh, wanting a nice prayer. She's on business. She came because she's expecting God is going to. So she gets down on her knees for me to pray for her physical thing. I've never seen this. I've never seen this in ministry, what happened next. I start praying, very brief prayer, and she starts erupting with laughter. 
And I'm, okay. I, I've seen people laugh in the, in the spirit before. And this is, this is clearly something that's, that's God's doing. She's experiencing somehow the joy of his presence. That's, that's fine. But then she starts falling over. And she goes all the way down, flat on her face. And okay, okay, I've seen people fall over before. Um, she's clearly experiencing the presence of God. And um, so, but I'm done with my prayer. And it's, she's down. And, and so I'm going to help her up. And so she tries to get up. She says, I can't get up. I'm like, okay. God's doing something here. We'll just, we'll pray a little more. So pray a little more. Um, and the sister that's with me, very wise, she says, maybe we just need to leave her by herself. Maybe if God's doing something, maybe we should. Sometimes pastors don't really get it, you know? It's like, duh, yeah, of course we should. So I, I, I go over to my CD player, put, a, put some music on, and we, we go out, and she's in there for 20 minutes. I've got my next appointment coming in, and I'm like, it's, it's just weird. I, I, not, I haven't seen this before, so I'm like, maybe you should go check on her. I said, I've got an appointment coming. I said, I can do that appointment anyway. I could do it in the prayer room. I could do it in the sanctuary. But maybe somebody should go in and check, just see what's going on in there. And so she goes in, and the door is left open. And so I, I come in and have my appointment. I don't find out till later in the day what happened. She got her out into the sanctuary and was there for several more hours and she explained to her, the lady that it experienced, it explained it to her friend that she had heard of laughing in the spirit. She'd never experienced it before, but that God met her in such a profound way. How many know that there's something called PTSD in ministry? Did anybody know there's religious PTSD where you've just been traumatized by stuff? She's a pastor's wife. Her husband died. All of the trauma of trying to carry the church and carry the questions and carry the kids and then this. And life can traumatize you. And do you know what the sign of PTSD is? The problem with PTSD, of course, is you don't know you have it. You, you try to do normal things. You just can't do them the, the way you used to. You can't, you're, you're, you're trying the things that used to make you happy don't make you happy anymore. And, and all of a sudden you get this idea, there's something wrong with me. There's something broken inside of me. And I, I think we, as a people, we walk around a lot of times half there. <laughs> We're, we're all in for God. It's just we don't have much to give him because we've been reduced by life, by anxiety, by trouble, by trauma. And sometimes we just need a drink from the river of God where God comes in and does something that none of us can do for ourselves, where he starts binding up that which is broken inside of us. And I'm not saying that that's how it would look for everybody. That's... I, like I said, I haven't seen it that way, but that was, that was dramatic. 
But the goodness of God, he invites us to drink. Come and drink from the river of my delights. There's enough there for you. You who are thirsty, come to me. Not come to your video game, not come to your favorite TV show, not come to your sports game, not come to your... There's a, there's a thousand places we try to take our thirst to, to our bottle of alcohol, to our, our joint, to our drug, to our uh, sex, to our whatever it is that haunts us. We're, we're trying to... We're thirsty and we've got to meet this need and it's driving us. And Jesus says, I see it, I see it. I see what's driving you. Now come and drink from the river. Come and drink from the one place, that, that, that deepest place that can actually be healed in my presence. Behold, remember, drink, and then finally, believe. Psalm 18, verse 17. David says this, He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Uh, it must be the next verse. It must be verse 18. He rescued me because he delighted in me for the next service. Um, Why did God delight in David? Remember what delight means? Delight means not just to be pleased, but to be greatly pleased. Why did God delight in David? Why was David so confident? He's going to rescue me because I, he's crazy about me. Why? How could David believe it at that level? It's not about your ways. Your ways might please God or displease God. This isn't about your ways. This is about you. You are created for God and by God. And David, it was like Eden again for God. Do you know what Eden means? Delight. What was lost in Eden was delight. Why? Sin and the shame of sin caught Adam and Eve to hide and they lived hidden from God and covered up from God and so even though God still loved them even though God was still there to walk with them they were hiding and God was saying where are you? Where are you hiding? And he found in David someone that didn't hide. We've got come as you are on our, on our sign. It's also in the foyer now. The Psalms are about come as you are. David didn't hide from God. He, gave, he brought it all, man. You read the Psalms, frankly, you'll be shocked by the Psalms. Whoa, this guy's depressed. This guy is really depressed. He sounds suicidal, some songs. 
Some, he is so angry, they're called imprecatory psalms, where David is, is wishing his enemies to die. He wants God to judge them. He want, it, It's all there. God, he is, before God, he is always who he is. He's not hiding from God. He's not hiding in religion. He's not hiding in shame. He is all in and available to God. And he's like, God just delights in me. I got a picture of this when I was working on this message. We have two grandsons now, Will and Jack. And uh, they're, they're like two months old. And before we left for Branson, we had the pleasure of having my daughter and son-in-law, who are missionaries to Mexico, living in our house downstairs, which meant we had Will and Jack down there too. Okay? Those babies cry, poop, spit, puke, pee, 24-7. I'm working on the message because while we're on vacation, I don't want to be working on the message, so I'm working on it all week long, and, and, and I see with my own eyes what delight looks like. My wife, I, I, I think she likes me, <laughs> but I've never seen her look at me the way she looks at these boys. She would hold Will up or jack up, and there's, there's nothing they could do wrong. I mean, they spit on her, they puke on her. She thinks it's the cutest little thing that she's ever seen. Look at them, isn't this amazing? They're so wonderful. And she, she was kind of the nurse alongside Anne. When you got twins, you need help. How many know that? And she, she was up 24, she was exhausted because of these twins. She was beyond herself, but she could not look at these twins without just pure delight coming to her face. And I couldn't help but think, this is how God feels when he looks at you. Here you are, screaming, crying, pooping, puking. And he's like, oh, aren't they amazing? Aren't they amazing? Come here, come here, buddy. And she would just, she could just hold those boys all night long. And so then we, we went on vacation and I'm like, love the kids. Praise God, we're away from the kids. Folks, <laughs> folks, when you have a, a, one of these smartphones, you're not away from the kids. Annie is down in Texas, but she keeps sending videos back to Alice. And Alice is like, I look over at Alice and there she is. Oh, look, at, this is so cute, this is so cute. I'm like, really baby? Let's put, let's put the phone away for a while. So here, here we are. Last night we have some friends over and she gets talking and she says, do you want to see the cutest thing I've ever seen? And so she makes the whole group get around her smartphone to watch Jack sneeze. <laughs> A video of Jack sneezing. Are you kidding me? We're all grown adults. We're gathered around this little phone. Fo- oh, that is the cutest thing I've ever seen. You know, we're used to the harshness of how human beings treat us, even those who love us. 
And God wants to tenderize us to this truth. He likes you. He made you for himself. And he's calling you to come out of hiding. For God to delight in you, you've got to be available to him. And so he comes looking for you. The Holy Spirit comes looking for you. Come out of there. Come out of there. Part of believing is believing that what Jesus did on the cross was enough to bring you back into the presence of God, to bring you back into Eden. Look at, look at Hebrews 12, 2. Maybe. Oh, we got it. Therefore, since we are surrounded, that's verse 1, here's 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The joy that was set before him was you. You're the delight. You're the reason. It wasn't because you were good. In fact, as it says, God demonstrates his love that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Joyce prayed it over communion. When we were our darkest, that's when Christ came. For the joy set before him, he came. Now look at this. He endured the cross for us, and he sat down at the right hand of God. Do you know that in the earthly tabernacle that Israel set up that was kind of a picture of atonement and a picture of things, there was one uh, piece of furniture that wasn't in the earthly tabernacle that's in the heavenly tabernacle. You know what that piece of furniture is? A chair. (laughs) They never got to sit down. The reason why is because those sacrifices needed to keep being made, keep being made, keep being made. But after Jesus offered himself, which we celebrated today, and shed his blood for our sins, remember what he said on the cross? It is finished. Did you know that that it is finished? The whole thing is one word. It's an accounting word. It it, it would be our word for paid in full. It would be like the rubber stamp, paid in full. It's fully paid. Did you know that your sins have been fully paid for? Past, present, and future sins, they're all paid for. They're all paid for. There's nothing hindering you from Eden except your own shame, your own stubbornness, your own pride, your own religion, your own unwillingness to come back. Maybe it's your own offense at God because of bad things that have happened. God is inviting you today to delight in him. He's inviting you to come however you are. If you're angry, come. David came angry. If you're sad, come sad. If you're frustrated, come frustrated. However you are, come. Come out of hiding. He has died for you so that you and I could come into his presence so that he can fully delight in us and we can fully delight in him. And here's the beautiful thing about this, guys. We can live in this. We don't have to just have this on Sunday or during our quiet time. This, we can practice doing this. Let's do the four words. Behold, remember, drink, and believe. Could we have the worship team come? Could we bow our heads for just a moment? Maybe you are here today and you do not know that your sins are forgiven.
you don't know that if you died, you don't know for sure whether you would even go to heaven or not. Well, the good news is this, is that God loves us. Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Him knocking at the door is him coming to wherever you're hiding, whatever sin, whatever shame, whatever fear, whatever depression, whatever frustration, he's knocking and he's, he's saying, here I am, here I am. Open the door. Here is the tricky thing about God. He will not make you choose him. He will not make anybody delight in him. He invites us. He will not make us because that's the language of love. He knocks. He can knock pretty loud. But he's left it to us to open. And so if that's you today, God is knocking and you want to say yes and you want to ask him in, I want you to just raise your hand real high right now long enough for me to see it. I see that hand, buddy. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand in the back over there. God bless you. We're going to pray in just a moment. Anybody else? By our, I see that hand. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Anybody else by upraised hand? I'm up in the balcony now. Just wave at me if you got your hand up and I just can't see it. All right, good. I'd like everybody that raised their hand, just put your hand on your heart right now. Pray something like this. Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you that you created me for delight. Wow. Lord, I'm opening my door right now by faith. I'm coming out of hiding. I'm coming out of shame. And I am trusting that what you did on the cross is enough for me, for my sin, for my shame. And right now, I receive a new beginning. Lord, would you, uh, it's called born and being born again. Would you give me new wings? Make me like that butterfly. It's got new life. Make me like that eagle that's wings are molted so that it can fly again. I receive your forgiveness today. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we stand to our feet? Here's the second call. You want to delight yourself in the Lord. You don't want to be a victim. You don't want to be a victim that it's somebody else's fault that I don't have any joy. And if somebody else would do something for me, You don't want to be the Savior. You don't want to have to try to bring everybody else to light. You're tired of that. Well, praise God. You can resign from that job. That's not your job. Your job isn't judge or Savior. Resign from both of those jobs. It's a relief. But you want to take up this challenge to delight yourself in the Lord. To live beholding, remembering, drinking, and believing that's you, would you just open your arms like this? Lord, I know I'm in this this group right here. Lord, we live in a very dark, very dark world where ugly things are happening and 
we see natural disasters that are a result of the curse of sin and we are reminded in so many ways that you are not back yet that you have not returned yet that the kingdom even though the kingdom's here it's not fully here God would you lift our eyes this morning would you make it very doable to delight ourselves in you Lord, I know that there are many here today that are sick, have a, a bad diagnosis on them, have a bump on them, have a pain that they're in. And I know just talking about healing reminds them that they're not healed yet. Jesus, may each one that is dealing with physical things be reminded today that there's a healer, that there's a healer. Lord, I think of that woman that said to herself, if I could just touch the, the hem of his garment, if I could just touch the healer, then my disease wouldn't become his. His healing would become mine. Could you just, right now, just allow the, the, the healing presence of God to come in? Could you allow the healing mercy, the healing grace to touch you? Some of you, the, the healing you need is the trauma. It's not physical. It's not outward. It's a brokenness inside. And, and you just need a drink. <laughs> you need a drink like that pastor's wife needed. Just from too much life, too much exhaustion, too much trouble, too much pain, too much fear. Just, could you just take a drink right now? Jesus, Jesus, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good, Jesus. Could you just let him touch you right now? The Lamb of God. Remember the song we sang? He said, I want to serve you. I want to serve. Before you can serve me, I have to serve you. This is how it is. I am your Savior. I am your Savior. I have to heal you before you've even got anything to bring to me. Let me heal you. Let me touch you. Drink. 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 Let's do a song together before we, before we leave. Because I pour 